This episode features depictions of sexuality and brief discussions of sexual abuse. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Please note, the story you're about to hear is not a direct retelling of any single depiction of Lilith. Today's episode combines elements from a number of biblical, Judaic, medieval, and Sumerian legends and stories for dramatic effect. Hello everyone, I'm Vanessa Richardson, and this is Mythical Monsters, a Spotify original from Parcast. Over the last few weeks in our Biblical Beast series, we've examined creatures from the ancient civilizations in the Book of Deuteronomy to the final apocalypse of Revelation. Now we go back to Genesis to end our adventure where the world started. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today we meet the Bible's original bad girl, Lilith. While she's best known as Adam's rebellious first wife, who wanted him to think outside the box in the bedroom, her origins and legacy are actually much more complicated. She's a seductress, a demon, but also an icon. And she's probably the only creature we'll cover who has her own magazine and music festival. Now meet Lilith, the mother of monsters. Coming up, we'll meet Adam and the woman who came before Eve. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com Spotify. TommyJohn.com Spotify. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. The story of Lilith arises from a simple fact. The book of Genesis doesn't agree with itself. In the first text of the creation story, God creates both man and woman from earth at the exact same time. In the second version, however, man is created alone and given dominion over plants and animals. Then only afterward is woman created since no fitting helper was found among the other creatures. 
Within this second framework, woman is literally created for man's benefit. But what about that first story? Where did Adam's first partner go? A medieval Jewish text from around 1000 CE called the Alphabet of Ben-Sirah offered an explanation. Before Eve, Adam had an independent, defiant wife named Lilith. As the story goes, Adam and Lilith argued about sex. Lilith wished to be on top, while Adam insisted that he be on top, as he was the superior one. This didn't sit well with Lilith, who replied they were equals created from the same earth. As a result, Lilith was banished, and Eve was created from Adam's rib. But Ben-Sirah didn't pull Lilith's name from out of the blue. In fact, she comes from an even more ancient text, the Dead Sea Scrolls. In the scrolls is what's thought to be an ancient Jewish exorcism psalm that's said to protect the speaker from bastard spirits, demons, and Lilith. Ancient text often describes Lilith as a sex-crazed, winged night demon with taloned feet and spotted skin. The Babylonian Talmud from the 6th century CE warns that men mustn't sleep alone or Lilith will mount and slay them. You might notice a theme here. Lilith is feminine sexuality gone wild, but there is a reason the alphabet of Ben-Sirah is a seminal text in the study of Lilith. It tells Lilith's story, starting from the Garden of Eden, before she was a biblical outcast. In essence, it presents a human Lilith. Well, at least human to start. Lilith took a long time to decide what she liked best about the Garden of Eden. The babbling brook in the forest was so peaceful, as was the orchard on the hill. She adored the animals, too. They had begun to multiply, and she loved to romp through the meadow with the baby deer or teach the little pill bugs how to roll. But deep down, her favorite thing was Adam. He was the most beautiful creature she'd ever seen, and not just because he was the only one who looked like her. Lilith got the sense that Adam didn't love her as much as she loved him, but she figured that would change with time. They were still settling in, finding routines, and they had great fun together, even when they struggled to communicate. On one especially bright morning, Lilith convinced Adam to come see the new litter their pair of ocelots had brought into the world. They were so fuzzy, and their rounded ears were too large for their heads. Adam laughed as one ocelot cub gnawed on his fingers. Lilith loved to see Adam like this, lost in new life. He looked awestruck and a bit overwhelmed. It was the way he often looked at Lilith, too. The thought occurred to her, rather suddenly, that perhaps they could create new things. Or was that blasphemous? She wasn't sure. Adam often talked to the Lord alone before bringing back instructions, so she usually relied on his advice. But she didn't see the harm in having her own ideas. Lilith returned the cub in her arms to its mother and turned to her other half. Adam, are we supposed to multiply? Have you and the Lord discussed it?" She could tell she'd done something wrong. Adam went pale and blurted out, No! 
What I mean is, we can't presume to know God's grand plan. Lilith smiled assuringly. Let me know when it's time then. In the meantime... Lilith closed her eyes and called out to the vines in the trees. One snaked down and nudged Adam forward, right into Lilith's arms. He looked adorably startled. She pulled him close and whispered, I love you. Adam stared at her for a moment, then replied, And I love you. Lilith swooned into Adam's kiss as a beautiful buzzing filled her senses. He laid her on the forest floor and she laughed, whispering to the creatures around them to scamper away. Her breathing hitched as he touched her. They pushed and pulled at each other with desire, rolling through the grass until she landed on top of him. She smiled mischievously, like this was her grand plan. But when she leaned in close, Adam grabbed her hips to stop her. He looked troubled. You said when. Why do you presume there will be a time to multiply? And if there is, what makes you think you should be on top? Lilith sat back, frustrated. It was hard work respecting the rules in Eden. She didn't eat apples from the tree of knowledge. She didn't utter the true name of God. She didn't intend to presume. She just wanted to know the logic of the so-called grand plan. Plus, what edict said she had to be below Adam? She laughed. Well, if birds and bees and ocelots do it, we might too. And I think you might enjoy having me on top. She grinned and leaned in again, but Adam sat up and rolled over so that he leaned over her. It isn't for you to decide when we multiply, and don't you think you belong below me? Lilith smirked and rolled them over again so that she was back on top. As far as I'm aware, we were created from the same earth. I don't belong on the bottom any more than you do. Now, do you want to stop? Adam hesitated, then shook his head, his eyes glassy with a strange mix of longing and sadness. No, this is perfect. Then he pulled her into a kiss. That night as they slept, Lilith tossed and turned before being woken by a voice. No, voices, ones talking in her and Adam's tongue. She was confused. The Lord would have warned them of a new arrival to Eden, wouldn't he? A sharp crack echoed through the dark, and Lilith realized Adam was not beside her. He was somewhere in the forest, and she could hear the smile in his voice as he whispered, You're perfect. Who was he talking to? Lilith sat up and searched the darkness. She saw two silhouettes beyond the trees, but it was too dark to make out who it was. Lilith whispered a plea to the trees. As the branches bent to let in more moonlight, she could almost make out the shape of Adam and herself?
before she could understand what was happening, everything began to shake. The ground gave way beneath her and Lilith fell through it. She fell and fell until she hit something solid. Her eyes fluttered open. She placed her hands in wet sand and struggled to her feet. To her left, dirty sand stretched beyond the horizon. To her right was a stormy, wine-red sea. She had never seen such a thing before, and she did not know these words. Yet she had named them. Sand. Sea. Adam had named all the plants and animals. It had given him joy, and it had given her joy to see him happy. But she was suddenly struck by the power she felt as the words formed in her mind. Her words. The next word she needed was not an animal or plant or land formation. It was an idea, one she'd never had to contemplate, for she'd never gone anywhere beyond Eden. There had been no travel outside of its borders, near or far. No word for the strange feeling of standing someplace and knowing, like it or not, you had to stay. Yet with growing dread, Lilith knew that this was the case. From now on, this desolate place was home. Coming up, Lilith meets her replacement. Hi, it's Carter from ParCast, and I'm hosting the new limited series, Hollywood Scandals. We all know that Tinseltown is the land of glitz and glamour, but look closer past the allure of bright lights and red carpets. There, you'll find a more disturbing tale one filled with tragedies and transgressions so damaging they've turned hopes and dreams into high-profile nightmares. Every Monday on this Spotify original, discover the real-life dramas of some of entertainment's biggest names. From the mysterious drowning of Natalie Wood and the murder trials of comedian Fatty Arbuckle to the star clients of Hollywood Madam Heidi Fleiss. Each episode of Hollywood Scandals has been curated from shows across the ParCast network, covering over a century's worth of controversies, from the silent era into the digital age. Fame and fortune may be fleeting, but scandals, they stand the test of time. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast Hollywood Scandals. Listen free only on Spotify. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Now, back to the story.
Lilith waited by the Red Sea for hours. She sat on the damp sand, the cold wind biting her skin, but she didn't want to move. Surely this was some sort of mistake. This desolate beach could not be her new home. She lived in the Garden of Eden with Adam. Or at least until that night, the night that she awoke to another human voice speaking with Adam, another her. And then the world opened up beneath her feet and she fell into this new place. Lilith struggled to comprehend why she'd been cast out. What had she done? She lifted her head to discover that a strange iron form had grown on the rocky ground beyond the sand. She touched the cold metal, marveling at her creation of yet another term, gate, a thing that kept people out or in. Beyond the spiked gate, there was an imposing stone fortress. It called to Lilith, but was it a trap? What if crossing the threshold meant she could never leave? Then again, her options were to stand still or move forward, and Lilith was never very good at standing still. So she pulled the gate open and walked through. The ground was terribly uneven, nothing like Eden's soft grass. Rocks and roots burst from the sand, throwing Lilith off balance. She was happy for signs of life, though she wished that life wasn't attacking her. But no, it wasn't, merely pausing her in her tracks. Then the rocks and roots shot ahead, shifting the earth and clearing a path for her to the fortress. The land sloped up until she came to a wall with jutting blocks cut into its base. They led to a higher ground, and she named them Steps, a way to rise above. Lilith climbed into the fortress and into a hall. She came upon a round window looking out on the sea. The red water looked even darker from here. Lilith felt a presence behind her. She turned and recognized the shape down the hall, even in the darkness. Adam, he had come for her. Lilith ran to him, but she slowed when she realized something was wrong. Adam was too quiet and his mouth hung open. In the past, when he'd looked at her like that, it felt like desire. Now it looked like hunger. Her fingers itched to touch his skin, but she was unnerved by his stillness. It was like he'd lost something on his trip from paradise to this new place. Still, her heart fluttered when he reached out. Lilith wanted to hold his hands too, but Adam's hands knocked hers aside to close around her neck. He slammed her into the wall. Lilith sputtered and choked. He'd brought them close enough to the window for daylight to reveal what she hadn't seen. He wasn't Adam. He was a misshapen combination of what should have been him. No pupils in his eyes, rotting limbs, mottled hands, and a tattered torso. A long gash ran along his ribcage. The horrifying creature finally spoke. 
You have defied an edict for the last time, monster. Here you will stay for eternity until you rot and fester like me. He sounded so much like Adam, Lilith tried to scream, but he held her too tightly. Another word entered her mind, one she hadn't needed before. Stop. He needed to stop. Lilith had never wanted to harm anything. She cared for every creature the Lord created, but this Adam made her angry and terrified. Lilith closed her eyes. She imagined the vines again her vines. Anger boiled inside her and a hardening sensation spread through her body, pushing against the walls of her skin. Lilith felt something burst through the flesh of her arms and opened her eyes to see snaking vines extend from her limbs. They reached for the creature, as she had always reached for Adam, but instead of bringing him close, they pushed him away, wrapping around him. The thorns of the vines cut into his rotting flesh until his foul black blood dripped to the floor. Lilith's rage burned through her, expanding until the vines did something she had never seen before. They hardened and grew, expanding into the wide trunk of an oak around the horrible creature. She'd seen a tree grow leaves, but she'd never seen leaves grow a tree. The strange man whimpered in surprise and struggled to escape, but the tree she'd created was just too strong. Bark encased his body, and soon the monstrous mockery of Adam was hidden from sight. Lilith collapsed breathlessly on the floor. She looked down at her arms. Green spots dotted her flesh where the vines had burst forth. Lilith tried to understand. She'd seen the Lord create miraculous things, but never anything like this. She glanced at the tree that encased the creature. Stop. One word had done that. Lilith could barely believe her eyes. Could words have such power? No wonder Adam liked naming things so much. What else could words do? Could they make things right again? She had to return to Eden to get answers, but it was clear that she was unwelcome there. Like the monstrous Adam had said, she'd violated some edict, but Lilith had no idea which one. She longed for simpler times when she cared for the creatures in Eden, feeding the cattle and brushing the lion's fur, watching the birds above twirl and bask in the sun. The birds had no fear of high walls or towering trees. They rose above them. Lilith knew she needed to fly, like the birds. So she took a deep breath. As she exhaled, she was stunned to feel her shoulder blades grow and shift. Brown feathers extended from her muscle, forming Lilith's very own wings. Lilith flapped her wings, equally curious and unsettled. A breeze blew through the hall, cold but invigorating. It called to her, so Lilith climbed out of the window. 
She gripped the ledge, eyeing the sand and sea below. Then she stepped off into infinity. She soared toward the sun, thinking of Eden, a lush forest, a blue lake, and a rushing waterfall. She would see that paradise soon, her paradise. But after hours and hours, Lilith's wings ached. She saw no Eden below. The world was vaster than she'd imagined, but it was painfully empty. She was upset that the Lord had confined all life to his little garden, and he'd sent her to live outside of it, or perhaps to die there. She hoped that he had nothing to do with the monstrous Adam who had tried to kill her. The sunset made Lilith feel hopeless, until the last rays sparkled down on something liquid and bright. Water in a river. It was shallow and muddy, but as Lilith flew, it turned deep blue and emptied into a great lake surrounded by trees. Eden. By the time Lilith landed on the grass, the garden was shrouded in night. It looked even more lush than she'd left it. The creatures called out soft hellos, and her favorite ocelot cub ran between her legs in greeting. Lilith bent down to rub his ears. He'd grown so much, and she wondered how much time had passed since she'd left. It felt like a day, but maybe it was more. When she stood again, someone was standing before her, someone who looked like her. She had Lilith's light hair and dark eyes, the same flesh, and when the strange woman spoke, she realized they even had the same voice. Who are you? The other woman wrinkled her nose. Eve, but I asked you first. When Lilith sighed and gave her name, Eve didn't look angry, just confused. She frowned. Oh no, you're not supposed to be here. Adam said he would talk to you. Did he not talk to you? Lilith shook her head. Eve looked around, babbling self-consciously. I'm the new you. Well, sort of. Adam asked the Lord for someone more helpful and less forceful, so he removed his rib and created me. I'm sorry about all this. He really did promise to speak to you before you were banished. After that, Eve had the gall to stand there and smile as if it would fix things. But Lilith had something in mind for this inferior version of her. The green spots on her skin tingled. Lilith smiled and raised her arms. Vines burst forth from her flesh and all around her. Lilith's beloved creatures scampered and skittered and slithered through the forest until they stood at her back. Even the baby ocelot bounded between Lilith's legs to bare its teeth and growl at Eve. Lilith expected Eve to scream or to run or even try to punch her. She didn't expect the poor woman to throw herself at Lilith's feet and cry, I'm sorry.
Lilith knew the power of words, but even she was startled by the impact of a simple apology. Her rage melted into pity, and she told the animals to scatter. Tormenting Eve wouldn't fix this. She was no formidable foe. Eve barely had a mind of her own. The poor thing was built to serve Adam, who was too cowardly to speak to Lilith at all. There was only one being left to answer for all of this. So Lilith said the most powerful word she knew, one that didn't belong to her, the true name of God. Coming up, Lilith puts her newfound power to the test. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now back to the story. Lilith was tired. She'd been cast out from the Garden of Eden, fought off a murderous, rotting version of her lover, Adam, and developed monstrous powers. She could summon vines from her now spotted flesh, and she'd sprouted wings from her back. She'd changed, and all so she could come back to Eden to find answers. Why had she been cast from the garden, and what had she done wrong? But after flying nearly the entire distance of the vacant world, she found she'd been replaced by a subservient double named Eve. It was the kind of bad luck that makes one want to question God's plan. Luckily, Lilith could do just that. So she spoke God's true name, even if saying it was forbidden. A fireball shot down from the heavens, a blaze of white-hot flame that Lilith hoped wasn't going to engulf her and Eve. Eve dove behind Lilith's wings to hide as three angels alighted on the grass. They had four wings each, more like insects than birds, and they folded one set in front of them primly as they sized the women up with their many, many eyes. They spoke as one. We are Sinoi, Sansinoi, and Simangalof. Lilith squinted, unimpressed. So the Lord isn't coming then? The angels shook their heads in unison. Lilith tried to ignore how tightly Eve clung to her feathers. She demanded, Then will you tell me what's going on? Which edict did I break? What did I do wrong? 
The angels sighed. You did everything wrong. You lusted and you prodded and you questioned. The Lord cannot abide a weed in his well-tended garden. And when you revealed your deep desire to be superior and to breed, something had to be done. Lilith frowned. My deep desire to breed? Where did you get that idea? The angels reminded her of her conversation with Adam about multiplying and their argument about who would be on top. Lilith scoffed. It was just a thought, a bit of fun to be had. Then her mind raced. She didn't like being told what not to do. Plus, she never mentioned anything about being superior to Adam, just an equal. And who said she couldn't be anyway? She gazed at them defiantly. Tell me, what would be so wrong about me being superior? The angels unfurled their wings, speaking in unison. Your children's minds would be poisoned. They would not know whether to obey their father or their mother, and your obstinance would give rise to more weeds that would overrun the garden. The offending root must be ripped from the soil before Eden wilts and dies. Lilith could see the Lord's mind was made up. There was no place for her in Eden. Perhaps there was no place for her in the whole world. She nodded sadly. Forgive me. I understand now why I must die. I am truly the Lord's greatest mistake. The angels shivered. They cast a nervous glance to the sky, then glared at Lilith. Bite your tongue. God does not make mistakes. Lilith smirked. Then what does that make me? The angels had no answer, so she stood and paced, her wings flapping and her gestures growing grandiose. Maybe it makes me a monster, a lesson in God's grand plan, demanding, cruel, love-starved Lilith, as wild as the Red Sea, temptress of the night, mother of doomed children, patroness of every problem, the worst thing any man could want to be with and any woman could want to be. Lilith felt a tap on her wings. Eve whispered, you're too hard on yourself. Lilith thanked Eve and told her to go quietly wait by a bush. She did. Lilith turned back to the angels. They cooed at each other in a strange bird-like tongue before facing Lilith. They asked if she would willingly become this lesson. Lilith sighed. I'll be anything you want as long as you let me be. The angels asked, and you will leave Eden, never to return? Lilith bristled at the unfairness. Why couldn't Adam leave? She couldn't stop herself from blurting out, Yes, and maybe after I leave, perhaps I'll go back to the Red Sea, rip open that tree, and breed with the mockery of Adam you sent to kill me. Lilith threw her head back and laughed. 
Vines shot out of her body, her wings grew, and her feet twisted into hideous talons. She towered over the angels. Then I'll become a mother of monsters, and my horde will devour Eden. Lilith heard a whimper. She turned to see Eve, paralyzed with fear. Lilith shook her head. Or I may just mind my own business. I care about the garden, too. Lilith leaned down to pet the baby ocelot as the angels trembled in fear. Do we have a deal? She asked, almost growling. The angels' eyes all blinked nervously. Then they took to the skies, shouting, Be gone! Lilith watched the angels rise up past the moon. Then she turned back to Eve. So how is Adam? Has he let you be on top yet? Her double looked scandalized, maybe a little intrigued, and she kept looking into the trees. Lilith followed her gaze and heard a rustle. She rolled her eyes. Lilith shot out her vines to drag Adam from his hiding spot. He screamed as her sinewy plant limbs pulled him to her until they were nose to nose. Adam cowered like Lilith was about to eat him. But her face softened to reveal the old hurt that lurked under her new form. Adam, if you were so displeased, why didn't you just tell me? Adam sighed. I just couldn't find the words. Lilith dropped Adam into the grass. She looked around Eden for the last time. Her ocelot rubbed up against her taloned feet, mewing sadly. Lilith sighed and pet his ears. Then she turned back to Eve. Enjoy Eden, dear. Climb the trees, frolic in the lake, and savor every bit of the delicious fruit. The apples are the tastiest. Adam grabbed Eve's hand and pulled her away into the forest. Lilith smiled devilishly and took off into the night sky. But as she looked back at her beloved Eden, she was pleased to see that Eve looked back at her curiously. Before she appeared in the alphabet of Ben Sira, Lilith was a symbol of lust, seduction, and the dangers of women's sexual desire. In Shabbat 151b of the Talmud, she's presented as a temptress of men and women alike, a sexual predator who commits reproductive rape in order to birth monstrous children. Her legend is a true study in extremes. They preach that even a little bit of feminine sexuality is far too dangerous to allow. Unchecked lust, it tells us, turns women into monsters. However, the alphabet of Ben Sirah has a somewhat different message. Lilith certainly pushes boundaries, but many scholars have argued that it isn't her who is the target of the text's criticism. It's the ineffectiveness of Adam, the angels, and even the Lord that's ridiculed, as they seem unwilling to make good on their threats to harm her. 
almost as if they fear her. It's this element of defiant feminine power and her behavior outside accepted sexual and gender norms that makes Lilith an idol for feminists and occultists. She fights back, and not just against the callousness of her husband, she challenges God himself. But Lilith's complex relationship with Eve is just as fascinating. Some stories say she was the serpent temptress who told Eve to eat from the tree of knowledge. This dynamic has made Lilith an icon for queer women, and the Lilith Fair Music Festival was one of the most queer-positive cultural spaces of the 1990s. Judith Plaskow's 1975 parable, The Coming of Lilith, begins with Lilith's tale in the alphabet of Ben Sirah, but ends quite differently. Adam tells Eve stories of the demon Lilith and builds high walls to prevent her from returning to Eden. But Eve's own curiosity takes over, so she leaves to find Lilith. The text reads, Who are you? They asked each other. What is your story? And they sat and spoke together of the past and then of the future. And God and Adam were expectant and afraid the day Eve and Lilith returned to the garden, bursting with possibilities, ready to rebuild it together. Thanks for listening to Mythical Monsters. We'll be back next week with a new episode. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. I'll see you next time. Mythical Monsters is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Mythical Monsters was written by Lil D. Ritter and Jennifer Riche, with writing assistance by Alex Garland, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Hey there, Carter again. Before you go, remember to check out my new podcast limited series, Hollywood Scandals. In anticipation of the Oscars, we're unearthing some of the most sordid controversies in showbiz history. Tune in every Monday. Follow Hollywood Scandals free only on Spotify. <laughs>